0: Guys, it seems like just a minute ago. It was just a minute ago. I- I'll tell you, RC. I don't know how you're feeling tonight, but it feels like I just got off the air, and I'm ready to do it again. And it's not a bad thing.
1: Hey, I, I if my voice holds out, I'll be all good. Uh, I ran in the door. Annalise going on a little. Uh, you know when a little when your kids are old enough to go spend the night with friends and stuff. She's back there packing for a weekend, and it's it's all good here, man. I choked a sandwich down, and I'm ready to go.
0: I I tell you, you know, y'all talk about some funny stuff on your show. I've enjoyed listening to you guys over the last couple weeks. Um, I I I just got to share with you and and just pay a little special thanks to my wife tonight. She makes I'm telling you, Randall, she makes the best chili I've ever had. And she made a big pot for the Super Bowl this weekend, and I've been eating it all week. So I went down, got got a quick bowl of chili. I am recharged, ready to go. And, you know, this is the fun part, right? This is where we get to talk about whatever we want. Freestyle. So, you know, I, I, I think this is the first year we're not chained – or the first week we're not chained to football. Super Bowl's over. Great game. We'll talk about it a little bit, but, you know um, – we won't dwell on it a whole lot. I I mean, you know,
1: kind of, kind of nice to take a breath away from it. I mean, (laughs) I started I I my first high school game, August the 15th. So I am six months.
0: Yeah. From
1: football season. And Hey, we've got one double A starting up here in a couple of weeks. So I I just want to get away from it for a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're not, I'm not going to let you get totally away with it because there are a few things that, we're not going to talk so much Super Bowl but there's some hot stove stuff I want to talk oh, about.
1: Hey, you know, my part of my life is that I'm going to know that stuff so
0: that's well and that's the thing I don't think people are talking about that. So that's part of the reason why we started to do this show, do the stuff that, you know, kind of the leftovers that kind of get left out by people that are I'll say it lazy, you know, doing the mainstream stream stuff. So so I I do I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of these players on the move but, you know, Really, I I think you're a lot like me. I think you want to talk some baseball. I think you want to talk some college basketball. And um, you know, let's jump right into it. Who'd you watch this week, Randall?
1: Uh, you know, I've, i I spent my week in the SEC this week. Uh I uh kind of some turns coming out of the league right now. Uh Alabama's still red hot, but you just feel like, you know, there have been a couple of times they've held bone by uh, a toenail, uh, I did take a take a peek out west just to see what is out there, you know. And again, I don't know that I'm really impressed, but I kind of dove into the Big Ten because yes. they're talking ten teams in, and I, I'd be honest, I don't know a whole lot about them. I guess I'm more impressed with Michigan than I am anybody. Probably the most complete club, but not a club that I don't think is beatable early in the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're probably the team now. Listen, they're they're doing great things, right? I I, I'm with you. You know, um, obviously being here in Indiana, I watch them more than you know. I necessarily want to, but um, I feel like the the team there, the team there with me is Iowa. Um, I feel like you know, anytime you got a big guy like they have there, and then the shooters that they potentially have, I think it's an interesting um, dynamic for teams to to. To match up with, but I, I got to tell you, um, I, I think you know it's funny. I sent you a text this weekend, and we really, we really don't talk a whole lot. But I said I think it's time to talk about Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> that then they went out, and lost by twenty one points last night.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a t- you know the SEC. My friend that, that covers the Pac twelve is like the SEC is trash. You know, and yeah. if you look at the records. You think they are. But Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of good teams, not a lot of great teams. I really like that that maybe the team we ain't talking about makes the deepest run in the SEC. Missouri
0: laid an egg. It's going to happen. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Tuesday up last night, 22 on Georgia. Held on to win by seven.
0: I was watching some of that. Georgia's not bad, though, right?
1: Not bad. You know, when you've got one or two really, really good players, you can be competitive, um, right? I like I like uh, I like what Missouri's done. The team in the pack t- or in the Big Twelve I'm trying to get a grip on is maybe Texas. I really don't have yeah. a feel for Texas yet.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you. You know, that's kind of my sweet spot, right? Um, let me ask you before I give you my Texas analysis. What? How many? Rank, rankings are fluid, college basketball, right? How many true top 10 teams do you think there are in the Big 12? End of the year. Three four. Or four. So we'll go on the high side. Who are the four?
1: Uh, well, Baylor for sure. Right. Uh, I think Oklahoma is still there, even though they, they, they can't lay an egg. Uh, I think – when they're playing well, uh, Oklahoma State can be a marginal team. Uh, I like West Virginia, even though you're a West Virginia guy. I think West Virginia is a – I'm not sure West Virginia, in certain circumstances, is my number two team out of the conference. Well, they're sitting uh, in
0: second right now.
1: Yeah, I like – I guess if I was going to go in order, I'd go uh, Baylor, West Virginia – Oklahoma and then flip the coin between all the rest for the fourth
0: one. So so you know I set this up to talk about it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I probably
1: teed it right where you wanted it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I'll tell you, um it, I'll tell you what's a shame. That we're missing because of a stupid pandemic, which I'm not delegitimizing. We're missing two games this week. Back to back games. WV versus Baylor. Yeah. That is a crying shame. Now, yeah. I say that, I don't think people realize since Oscar Sheepway transferred, WV 7 and 3. They've beat four ranked teams in those 10 games. They're playing their best basketball of the year right now,
1: Randall. I feel like they
0: are too. So, and it's you know, they the other night they beat that Texas Tech team, which I'm going to talk about in a second, without Taz Sherman, who's who had twenty, I think twenty nine points against Kansas just the prior Monday, I believe. So they lost Taz Sherman, one of the best shooting guards, and what happens? Sean McNeil steps up and drops twenty, I think twenty one, right, in his place, and wins the game. For the Mountaineers. The Mountaineers are a dangerous team coming down this stretch, Randall.
1: You know, in the one game that I saw him play against Florida, and, you know, a lot, a lot of people give Florida love. Florida is scrappy. Florida's one of those teams. It, they're a hard yeah. out. Yeah. Now, they beat Tennessee head up. And, you know, we're talking about missing two West Virginia um, Baylor games this weekend. Wednesday was supposed to be the match rematch of Tennessee, Florida. Yeah. Instead of, they moved Georgia into the slot because Florida's under protocol right now. So it
0: sucks, man. I hope that anyway, I don't like to talk politics. Um I I I, I can't wait till we're playing full speed again. Yeah, I mean but, I just too go many ahead. good
1: games are getting missed.
0: Uh, yeah, and and, and and even marginalized, right? Because we talked about I think last week we talked about, you know, um even the mount you know when the Mountaineers came back from COVID. Culver wasn't full strength. Matthews wasn't full strength. So you're not getting a full representative sample of what that team's capable of. So wow. you you might have – it's just like Baylor. When they come back, they're not going to be at full strength. They've had two different hits. To, this is a respiratory disease. To think these kids are going to come back and automatically – now, in some cases they will, will be able to be resilient. But in other cases, Derek Culver is a direct um, – it was a direct result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a grumpy bunny. <laughs> anyway, it's a direct result of COVID. And well, and I think that's something that needs to be taken into account. it'll be interesting how the selection committee goes with that. Um, you know, moving forward. That those teams, you know, how they're how they're seated. Now Back to the question at hand. The top, in my opinion, the top 10 teams in the Big 12, Baylor, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Texas okay. is close. I'm with you. I still have a hard time getting the Texas field. They got really good guards. They've got talent down low. But they've been really hot and cold, Randall.
1: You know what? I'm not seeing Texas, and I guess my opinion's partially based. We didn't see them in the Big Twelve SEC shootout, which I would have loved to see. Uh, though Kentucky's down, yeah, that would have gave me a better feel of where they're at because I know Kentucky's not even going to make the t- tournament. But it's still Kentucky, you know. Sure, you know, and they're capable of beating somebody. It's even Kansas. I mean, I still think Kansas is going to oh. go blow a couple people out for the year it's
0: over with they they sure looked good the other night i think it was i can't remember who they played but uh they sure looked good the other night and, and I, it was you know that's the thing about the big 12 even even you know a team like tcu is they you know 11 and 7 their resume they could get in the tournament you know yep. um it, it's it's deep well, and yeah. talented, and see, like you say, a team like Oklahoma State could wind up in the, in the Elite Eight. You go, you don't have talent like that, and just not show out sometimes. Now you're going to look like crap other times, right? Right. And I That's part like, of being young.
1: I still like that Oklahoma team. I mean, I really like. So, that hey, Oklahoma
0: team. you know, I was on them early, right? I, I I talked for about the first three weeks of the season about that why they weren't, and you know, they beat. Um, they beat Kansas without their best player, Reeves. Yeah. I, you know, th- that's a team. They're going to be a tough out.
1: I'm a big follower of the RPI. And if you yeah. look at it right now, Missouri's third, West Virginia's fourth. You know, Baylor, fifth. Michigan, Gonzaga. But you start looking, and then, I mean, it, all of a sudden, Big 12, Big 12, Big 12, Big yeah. 12.
0: It- and that's what, you know, I'm on the, all these college basketball pages and stuff, and everybody's guy the other night, and I had to laugh because we were just talking about him. Um, well, I don't understand why Texas Tech is in the top 10 and Missouri isn't. So I try to be polite, and I'm kind of, yeah, you know, Tech or Missouri's good, but, you know, people just don't understand. If you don't watch Big 12 basketball, you don't understand how good these teams really are. Baylor's an NBA team.
1: This, um, and as good as the Big 12 is, you're in, you're out. This year, maybe even an outlier a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the year you have a down ACC. I think we all can agree on that. Yep. We have an SEC that's kind of beating each other up. Yeah. Tennessee, was supposed to, Tennessee and Kentucky were supposed to be the dominant teams. Right. Didn't happen. Uh, the Big 10, again, we said before we come on air, uh, they're they, going to get nine teams in, ten teams maybe. But – I don't see them having the dominant. I'll be shocked if we see a Big Ten team in the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, And then you have all the mid majors, which are completely loaded, which is where Gonzaga sets and Creighton and some other people. You know, Creighton's fell off, but there's still a basketball team capable of damage in the tournament. My Drake team even got beat the other night. Yeah. I was so devastated.
0: So I don't know if you can see who I got on behind me here. I got Belmont on behind me.
1: Okay. Minasho, 20 and
0: okay. 1. I'm watching, you know, as I meet my chili, I'm watching him. And, and this was this was like midway through the first half. They were shooting 73% from the three point line. I'll say yeah. that again. 73% from the and it was like Eleven or twelve shot. They're such a good shooting team. Does Belmont have a chance of winning a couple games in this tournament?
1: Belmont has a chance every year, and and it's simply because Belmont. And I'm not going to stereotype the kids over there, but there is a little difference in the kids over there. There's generally there's are kids out of prep schools that's probably ha- that's capable of a, of gripping a little more than most kids are, uh, and they shoot. You know, they remind me of the next step down, Butler from a few years ago.
0: Yep. Where yep. you know,
1: now they don't have kids. Probably nobody on Belmont was offered a uh, Power Five scholarship, but they're that next level of kid that's a good athlete, smart. You know, it's a it's a it's a private school, and you know, in, in the world, Belmont education is a very valued thing. So. I think they get a little different breed of kid, maybe, and uh, and they're usually the big factor. Chappy, a lot of juniors and seniors on those teams.
0: Yeah, poise and discipline, and yeah, yeah. Nope, knowing the offense and running it. The you, you know, and you're absolutely right. The, these teams that um, I, there's Villanova. It kind of fits that mold too, right? They're a little bit more athletic. They're a little bit more. Um, recruited at
1: next level.
0: Right, exactly. But they weren't always that way, is my point. They've right. kind of established that over the years. Um, but, you know, they're they're playing in a um, pretty good Big East. I think it's, you know, it's one of the underrated conferences. Um, you know, teams like we've talked about, St. John's, Seton Hall's usually pretty good. Um, of course, Xavier, like like you said earlier, Creighton. Uh, but, but people, you know – the the butlers of the world are pretty. That's a deep conference. Yeah, and, and if you're you know thirteen and two in the in the Big East, you're, you're that's a, is that a team that can go deep to you? Yes,
1: you know, and and I still miss West Virginia being mm. in the Big East. You know, I, I yeah, know, I knew West Virginia had to move for football, right? But they were such history with West Virginia in the Big East. It was so much fun. And, you know, and you think about that team. That Pit team that went to the Elite yeah. a few years ago, and yeah, you know, and you know, really, UConn's kind of disappeared out of that mix a little bit. But it's uh, that Villanova, especially Jay Wright. Does he not feel like
0: he's amazing?
1: Uh, yeah, he feels like those old coaches from the '80s, like Louis Carnesecca and and Raleigh Massimino, and all those guys up there that just did it year in, year out.
0: Yeah, I, and you know, I'm I'm with you. now. I'm torn, right? Because I, I absolutely love being in the Big Twelve in both sports. It's absolutely week in and week out the most entertaining conference. Now I know you know, S SEC is great. I understand that for football, they have the this elite NFL talent. But the games to me are more fun in the Big Twelve. They have that faster pace, the the you know the more entertainment feel to them. Um, but then in basketball, I, it's just. You know, uh, getting to play Kansas every year, getting to play Baylor every year, having these—you know—we have real rivalries in basketball. Um, just because of the, you know, that whole thing. I don't know if you watched the game against Texas. Tech. I know you watched the game against Texas Tech the other night. That whole thing with Chris Beard at the end—that is such a cool. I—I I, I gotta tell you, Randall, I'm a closet Chris Beard fan. I'm I'm a closet Texas Tech fan, and I think you know that, right? Yeah. I just – the way they play, the discipline they play with, you want to talk about a team that if, – if you said to me, Chappie, Texas Tech is going to be in a Final Four, I'd say, and? I, I, they're that good. Yeah. And, and to know that we beat them twice, to me, those are the two biggest – I mean, now granted, I get it. You know, there's other big names. We could have beat Gonzaga – blah, 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 right? But beating that – the Chris Beard defensive team tells me I don't care that they're playing four guards. They're tough. They can overcome difficult situations, and they're able to execute down the line. I think West Virginia has a really good shot at making the Final Four.
1: You know, you said something there, the four guards – I think it's a viable – so we're in this situation at Tennessee right now where we have a, a, a NBA 4-5 in Eve Ponds that came back. He's probably actually going to go back and play in Europe. He's a French kid, can go over there, play as a native, get paid. We have a former All-SEC player, in Folky, John Fulkerson, but I actually think we're better when we put the four guards that we do play on the field on the floor – And you know, it's kind of that Texas Tech thing. Their four guards guard, yeah, and their fourth guard, it it just like in our case, our fourth guard is uh, Josiah Jordan James, a former five star, averaging eight points, I mean, eight rebounds a game. As really, he's a two playing the four. So, if you create matchup problems, right, you can get by with that four guard offense. Tennessee's most effective team, I think, is like with Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech's most effective lineup doesn't have a person over 6'8 on the floor. And you've got to guard them on the other end, too.
0: I'll tell you, it's funny because it is is absolutely about matchups when you get into these, especially once you get into that second weekend, right? The reason why the Mountaineers are so viable is because. One, they've got two 6'9 guards playing the four. Emmett Matthews, UConn recruit, came here. And, of course, the freshman, Jalen Bridges, the Fairmont kid. Those two guys playing that four can play as guards, but can also go down and rebound. The other part of that is, and why they matched up so well with Texas Tech, is because... They were able to put Gabo Saboyan in there in crucial defensive situations. And Gabo Saboyan, and he's 6'9", 6'10". He's a true big guy in there. And he's able to guard as a guard at that size, which makes them really difficult on the defensive end when they want to run that smaller lineup out there. Right. It's really been a good matchup. It's been awesome to watch
1: the difference in West Virginia right now in the, in my school is we have a similar lineup. We can play, Mm but matter of fact, I think our best lineup is with a six, six center, two, six, five guards, a six, three guard and a six, two guard. But the problem is the problem is, and what West Virginia does well, we don't shoot very well. And, And that's to me is why West Virginia, even though they've got big guards, They shoot well. We don't shoot well. You know, Tennessee's got to – and Alabama, too. I think that's what gets Tennessee and Alabama in trouble in the tournament. They've got to dribble, drive, penetrate, and you're going to get somebody in foul trouble. And in our case, the other night, we lost a game at Ole Miss because we missed so many front ends because we're not a good shooting team. Yeah, We've got – Two kids are going in the first 20 picks of this year's NBA draft. I have no doubt. One probably going in the top eight picks. We just don't shoot well. Yeah. And you can get by with that even easier in the NBA than you can college basketball.
0: Because
1: they packed that two three zone back on you. Yep. You've got to get it, you've got to get them out of it But shooting. We can't and, drop now.
0: And and that was our problem earlier in the year when we had both those big guys. That but, was absolutely our problem. I um,
1: they shot really well against Texas
0: Tech. Though. Amazing. They've shot uh, the, for the last two weeks, they've shot well. Yeah. I, I mean, it, th- this team is dangerous. I, I would, I would, again, going into this Baylor game would have been fin- perfect timing for the Mountaineer basketball team. So I, can we pivot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I did this really cool thing and I texted you about it. Um, I've, I've, I joined a fantasy football league. Yeah, I I joined a dynasty league. So my buddies over at French fantasy football, um, they were kind enough to invite me into their league. And it's it, like I said, it's a dynasty league. They're doing it on I don't know some weird app that I don't know very well. Um, but I I so we we start we started this draft. It's a slow draft, which is you know pretty cool. But I'm really excited about my team, and I kind of want to talk about it. it's a, it's a super flex league, so it's a two quarterback league. I, I, this is just it, it appealed to me because it's a very different league than I, I've been in. Yeah what what's your approach in a league like that?
1: Well, you you got to over a super value quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and and it's just at that point. Um, you know, I did play in one last year. It was a two-quarterback league, and I enjoyed it. Um, I probably drafted quarterbacks because I got caught waiting. So I spent a lot of uh, equity on quarterbacks when I'd like to have been spending in other places. Right. Uh, also, uh, you know, in a single quarterback hmm. league, you can sit back yeah. and uh, wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. The guy who won our league this year won it with Kirk Cousins, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, And his other quarterback was, I don't remember who it was. It was not names that would scare you, but he was so loaded everywhere else. And the gap between Kirk Cousins and everybody else isn't so great that his four dynamic receivers
0: just destroyed everybody else.
1: I met him in the playoffs and I probably out positioned him at every position except wide receiver. And he was just so stacked at wide receiver that I, I, I had nothing for him. Yeah. But I did, I've been following your draft. I really liked what you did in the <laughs> first uh, five rounds. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and it's been interesting because, like I said, I know there's, there's other podcasters in this league. I know that, you know, um, it's it's a competitive league, and that was a big part of the appeal as to why I wanted to join it. Um, so I'm, I'm just looking at it here. Again, like you said, two-quarterback league, you have to overvalue Well, a, a super flex league, so in essence, a two-quarterback league, you want to make sure that um, you address that, that position early, right? So the first three picks were quarterback, Mahomes, Murray, and Allen. Then two running backs, which uh, McCaffrey and Kamara. Again, in a dynasty league, <clears throat> how do you how do you walk that line of youth versus talent? Well, I, I do it
1: position by position. Yeah. It's it's tough for me to spend a lot of equity on running back that early yeah. in the dynasty league. Yeah. Because you think Kamara is uh, – so he was – he's five years <laughs> on of Tennessee. Maybe five more years on those legs. Ten yeah. years we're here. It's a good long run in the NFL, it's running back.
0: It doesn't happen often, right?
1: Yeah, and then you go versus uh, someone in the same class, quarterback-wise. I think him and Golf may have been in the
0: same class.
1: Right. So, Golf has got what, maybe? 12, 13 more years in the league?
0: I mean, if, if he, yeah, potentially.
1: Yeah. So, to me, that's a lot of equity spent. Yeah. You have to uh, draft running back that high. But if you're going to McCaffrey, uh, I mean, I think you got to absolutely steal in the second round at running Thank back. Thank you. So,
0: Yeah, so, you know, okay, I'll, I'll get to, you know, what I want to get at. Um, so, again, a uh, pick 10 of 12. There were um, some Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Watson, Jackson, Herbert was all gone. So I'm sitting there, Randall, and I'm choosing between Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Joe Burrow in a dynasty league. Right. I I, I think you know that I kind of wanted to lean Dak, right? Right. But a couple things concerned me there. I went Joe Burrow. And I went Joe Burrow because The two things that concern me the most about Dak Prescott, one, did you know Dak Prescott had a second ankle surgery?
1: I did not.
0: Yeah. Just to clean it up, clean up, restructure it, supposed to not set him back at all, but a bit of a red flag, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh,
0: And the second thing that really concerned me, the Cowboys just did their fluff video. For the next year? Do you know who wasn't in that fluff video? Let me guess Dak Prescott. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've said for the last two years, I think Jerry Jones likes Dak Prescott. I just don't think he's in love with Dak Prescott.
0: I think he likes the idea of Dak Prescott, right? right? The Texas kid, the yeah. I remember how
1: loyal he was to Tony Romo. Yeah. I mean, it was sickening how low the, the cowboy organization was. Yeah, the Tony Romo. I don't get the same feel. And I'm with uh,
0: you. I'm with you. So, so those two things had me leaning Burrow. So that's who I took. I was hoping, <laughs> honestly. I was hoping. That Dak fell back to me because I again a pick ten that meant I had picked two or excuse me, pick three in the second round right. He didn't. He went pick twelve. So he and Wilson went. It's kind of cool they're doing. So it's a again it's a dynasty league. So we're doing like a uh, a separate draft where um, we're going to pick rookies. And the indicator is you just draft a, a kicker. Okay, so the first rookie draft pick was taken with the 13th pick
1: hmm.
0: I'm assuming Tre- you know Trevor Lawrence there right yeah
1: yeah I'm too.
0: yeah um then Russell Wilson so I'm sitting there with pick 15. a lot of the quarterbacks are taken I'm feeling pretty confident that on the way back I'm gonna get one of the guys I want So talk to me about Dalvin Cook, brother.
1: Uh, Okay, so uh, I do have McCaffrey ahead of Dalvin Cook. Who was selected? Dalvin Cook is my number two overall running back. Right. On my board. I think Dalvin Cook's the most complete running back in the NFL. Yeah. Like traditional, you know, I love Christian McCaffrey. You know, he's probably my favorite player just I'd soon watch as anybody. But he's really not a – it's not a turnaround and hand it to him 25 times a game. Dalvin Cook can beat you in a traditional running back set. He catches the ball really well. To me, most complete running back in the NFL. And I think he gets a rap for his health. Yeah. But he touched the ball a ton this year. And I know he missed one game. But all in all, you know, if you get if you get 14 games out of a first round running back, you've probably done well. Yeah. Um, when I saw you, you had took him where you did. <laughs> I, I was, I knew it was a two quarterback. League right. And, right. And I knew, you know, there's probably a run. I, I was surprised more that Kamara went up front of him. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I would almost say that maybe some home cooking there. The, maybe a Norwich <laughs> fan. Or,
0: um. I it looks that. like – no, it looks like he's a Bills fan. He's got a Bills logo.
1: Well, but, you, I, you know,
0: I mean, the thing about Kamara is – so this is a fine line, right? You don't want to go so young that you're not putting a good product on the field.
1: True. But Kamara's got a new quarterback coming, and that scares them. I mean – Yeah. And if it is Taysom Hill, I would Camara Kamara disappeared with Taysom Hill last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that that would have been a red flag for me. If I was sitting there and I wanted to take a running back, I truly I would have took Dalvin Cook. But I would have took Jonathan Taylor over.
0: Taylor Tom. actually went really high. Taylor went pick eight.
1: I, I prefer, in a dynasty league, I prefer Taylor at this point over Kamara.
0: So let me ask you this. Right after me, Saquon Barkley. Did I make a good ch- choice? Uh, case There's a
1: good case either way. Uh, I like the completeness of the Minnesota offense.
0: The offensive uh, line, right?
1: Yeah. I also our boy Saquon, great, great running back, and I'm really doing it's a pretty nasty injuries coming off of. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think I think in twenty twenty one it's definitely the right pick. Uh I'm looking at my website I use for my dynasty rankings. They have Barkley like it ahead of Cook. Mm-hmm. Personal rankings, I have Cook had a Barkley in that situation. Yeah.
0: But One more. Go ahead.
1: Average draft position, the difference is .29 and .30 in this dynasty ranking. So
0: it's like
1: it's a coin toss.
0: Yeah. So the next guy drafted after Saquon is the other guy I was considered. And I'm talking from an offensive line perspective. Who has the better offensive line, Dalvin Cook or Nick Chubb? Who?
1: I will go Chubb. Yeah. Who's the better back? I still like Cook, but yeah. That Cleveland offensive line—I'm going through it. It's amazing. Florida,
0: it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 not talked about enough.
1: Well, and you know the only thing about Chubb, um, and I don't know if he's going to be out this year, next year, when, but until at least the 2021 season, you know, Cream Hunt's going to—he's going to—he's going to steal a few carries here and there. I think we'll see Chubb become the clear number yeah. one again. Yeah. But uh, and 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 a hunt will become more of a a two in a more traditional two sense. But yeah, Chubb is the guy in Cleveland. But I prefer Cook. I kind of am shocked, and I know why. But that I haven't heard the name Derek Henry.
0: Actually, I didn't. I just didn't mention him. He went eleventh. Okay. So he went right after me. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't mention him. Sorry. Yeah, no, and and that's a great that's a great point, you know. Just for, you know, we're talking about that top tier running back. Um I'll tell you, you know, just a side note, it's fun doing this when all these guys are fresh in your mind. Yeah. Because we have distinct memories of these guys now, right? Um if you look at the end of last year, Cook and Chubb were probably the number one and two backs in the league.
1: They were cooking
0: like, Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I want to get to some of my other picks but, picks, but, you know, just going down through here, Cam Akers went 2-9. You know, I'm a big fan of his. I thought that was really he, – he teamed him up with Christian McCaffrey. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, pretty good move.
1: That's a, that's a solid future right there. So, actually,
0: this is a really – this guy's done a really nice job. I think this is uh, Andy Fringe. Uh, I don't think that's – French Fantasy Sports, I think that's who this is. So he went McCaffrey and Acres, And then he went Jalen Hurts. And then he went a rookie pick. And then he went Mixon and Wentz. Not bad. What do you think about going Hurts and Wentz?
1: You know, um, I, I was actually going to talk about Wentz somewhere tonight. I'm struggling with the value that Philly's asking for wins. I am struggling with it, and I keep going.
0: It's going to cost them. You
1: know, I just saw this guy get benched two of the last three years, and you're asking for two number ones? I don't get it. I'm not, No way. I'm not giving. If You know, the hot thing is the Chicago deal. I'm, I'm not giving two number ones. Then I've heard foals and a one for wins. That sounds like a – if you want Foles back and you get a wince uh, and you get a number one, seems like you've got a lot for Carson Wentz to make.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. Now, you know, my, my grandma always just say you, you want in one hand, you yeah, you poop in the other, right? Uh, which one falls up, fills up faster? I, I, I don't, you know, I think ultimately Philly's going to be um, put in a scenario where they're not going to – they're, they're going to have to take what they're given because – Clearly, they want to go with Hurts, and I think that's the right move.
1: I do too. Uh, and I, again, the kid earned it. He, yeah, he, yeah. I, I did not think he was an NFL level quarterback, but I was wrong.
0: So, so I guess my question is, you know, I, I guess here, you know, here in Indy, they're talking about, um, you know, the Colts wanting compensation back for those picks, aside from wins. So, say you give two, two, two first-round picks back and you get Wentz and Zach Ertz. Does that sweeten the pot enough?
1: It puts it close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually I actually do not understand how Philly sared on uh, Zach Ertz. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 16 months ago, that was uh, the guy that was in the conversation with Kump mm-hmm. and Kittle. And now yep. he's – He's not in their plans, and he's, yeah. what, 29 years old? It's insane. Uh, you know, and you saw it last year. I mean, uh, Goddard was clearly the guy they wanted to include in the offense. And I was like, well, are they just tossing it in on Ertz?
0: Well, and, they and Goddard's won. a good ball player.
1: Yes, but so Zach Ertz still. Exactly,
0: exactly. Just because you use one, does, you know, yes. you, I, you, I think you drafted two tight ends by design. Yes. Then you just forgot to use them.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. with you on that. If you could get Ertz out of there, and they undervalue and
0: Wimps, that's worth oh. two first rounders. I yeah. mean, if you're getting like a, a throw-in back or something like I, I mean, I, I think that's what ends up happening there, because you know the Colts love their tight ends.
1: Yeah. To me, that makes more sense than anything I've heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you, know, so her, you heard it here. That's that's what I'm calling. I don't know if I'm gonna be right. I've been wrong plenty in my life. Boy,
1: that I get Indy really close, don't it?
0: It, it certainly changes things, um, and and I think it give it gives Wentz a new lease on life. Of course, he has that relationship already built in with uh, Wright. There's going to be very little transition there. I think that just makes a ton of sense.
1: Sometimes a very good player gets lost in a system in a city. Yeah, we don't see it as much in football. But in baseball it's almost like a great player that's struggling ship him out move him somewhere else and all of a sudden he finds himself
0: so so here here's what make, makes it make the most sense in my mind Wentz has a 25 million dollar guaranteed salary next year he carries a 34.6 million dollar cap head. Who can carry that? Well, I'll tell you who can. The Colts can. There's $78 million under the space. Yeah. It just makes sense. I mean, there there are very few teams that this makes sense to do. And all of a sudden, you're looking at guys like T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, It's it's a
1: good situation. Ertz makes the wide receiver situation look a lot better. Oh,
0: absolutely. So uh
1: I heard I've heard a little bit. I, I didn't understand that Chicago just seemed to be really lusting for Wentz, and I was like, eh. <laughs> Plus, Chicago's a tough place. I think Chicago yeah. I think going from Philly to Chicago is like Going from the fine <laughs> to the fire. Indy's a little yeah. different
0: vibe. You
1: could definitely, yeah. you know, Indy's a place they want, want to win, win here. Yeah, it's. It, it, when I remember when I first started going up there in '98, it was a, the least NFL football city out oh. there. So, no,
0: but, it still is. It still is. I'm sorry. No, and no, no, no offense to any of my indie fans. It's still. I, I I remember the first indie game I went to after you know. And of course, I know I'm spoiled. I'm a Steeler fan, so you go up. Steal, it's like a a flipping festival, right? Yeah, I mean you got you got bands playing and people doing keg stands on top of their truck. It's insane. You go to Indy and everybody's
1: tailgating in the mall,
0: and I love it. Don't get me wrong, the people here are great. It's it's just it's a it's a different vibe. It is. It is. And even the building is kind of. It's weird. It's yeah. we- it's beautiful. But it's strange, Randall.
1: Yeah. I spent a lot of time up there when uh, my boy was there. Yeah, he was. And, and before, uh, it almost, you just felt like it. And, and I guess the run they had with Peyton. Yeah. When he first went up there, you just felt like, hey, this team's going to move again. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that the whole RCA dome was a dump. I mean it was we used to make fun of the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It was the Taj Mahal compared to the RCA Dome. Yeah. <laughs> and every one of those every one of those domes that was built in that era, no feel, no vibe. Yeah. Cookie cutter, just ugly.
0: Yeah. So so, so I want to talk about the rest of this draft cuz this is I just think it's really intriguing. Uh so, you know, I want to talk about some of these other teams, specifically picks. So, a uh, Swift went round three, pick pick nine. I, I thought that was pretty low for him. Um, he went between Zeke and Dobbins. That is low. Yeah, um, I used my third round pick, and I got Matt Stafford. Yep. I was pretty happy about that, especially given you know the new lease on life. The fact that he just admitted that he played last year with the torn UCL, that just can't be receivers. comfortable. Great receivers. Yeah. I, I, yes. Great running backs. Great team. All Great offensive line.
1: Yeah, I, I love that pick. You know what's intriguing me, Chappie? What's that? Who do you think the rookie – I agree. The first one was for Lawrence. Right. In my head, the second and third one. Who are they hoping mm. to get there?
0: Mm. Listen, I don't want to tip my hand because these suckers are listening. <laughs> but, but I, I will say, you know, this is a two quarterback league. You'd have to think um, they're quarterbacks. That's what I was. I mean, there's certainly uh,
1: there's, there's certainly, certainly
0: receivers out there, especially
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. your boy from Alabama, Swift, right? Is that right? Uh, Smith, Devon Smith. Smith, yeah, he's got to be up there. Um, the kid from LSU, Waddle, has to be up there. Those yeah. all have to be in consideration, right?
1: Yeah, and if you're looking, is receiver the easiest position to come into the league, and or is it running back? I, I'd almost go running back. Uh, is maybe the easiest position to walk into the league and make an impact. Receiver, it, you can – it's really that third year. If you look at the fantasy stack, they explode. So, it uh, seems strange. I would actually – not to tip your hand either, and no, guys, we haven't discussed this. I wouldn't be surprised to see a few uh, kickers picked in the next little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. One just got taken. One just got taken. I'm trying to see here how many um, seven rookies have been chosen. Mm. So at what point does that become overkill? At what point do you then pivot directly away and say, I don't want any part of it?
1: I think you're getting close to the number there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so too.
1: In my head, they are.
0: It's top-loaded.
1: I think eight players, yeah, in my head that I would.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you know, uh, I I wonder about some of these quarterbacks deeper. Yeah, um, if you, you know, get
1: down to the Trey Lances of the world, you're definitely well, making that.
0: I was uh, even going to go as far as uh, Tra- Kyle Trask.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no
0: guarantee Trask is a starter next year. But there's no guarantees. I mean, if he gets in the right situation, if he could, if draft if New England drafts him in the second round. Yep. Yeah. That's valuable.
1: Uh, or someone ends up and I do believe uh and I just speak because I'm a Falcons fan. Uh if you look in that division, you might have three quarterbacks drafted in the first two rounds. Yeah. I mean, I could see Carolina taking a quarterback.
0: Yeah, the latest mock I saw had them moving up to third and taking uh, the BYU kid.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can see the Falcons not spending their first-round pick on quarterback. Yeah. But coming back with that pick 36 and taking a – trash or someone. Yeah, someone. Uh, and then the Saints. I mean, they can tell me all day they're happy with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, but uh, I'm not if I'm right. Right. So, uh, the only place you're probably not, oh, and even Tampa can take a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, uh, are you? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> Blaine Gabbard, is that it?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you're, are you happy if Brady gets injured? Because they've proven they got the talent to win the Super Bowl. Right. Blake Gabbard is not going to win it for you.
0: Yeah. So, so if you're Tampa, you go out and try and make a move. One of these, you know, projects.
1: Yes, uh, except for Dwayne Haskins, who's already signed.
0: Why'd uh, you have to do that?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> there's some guys out there that that uh, you know. There's a couple of projects that intrigue me. Uh, if Andy Dalton doesn't resign in Dallas, you know, I I don't think we saw the best of Andy Dalton in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, where's Jimmy Garoppolo going to end up? I cannot believe he's starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers.
0: Not for long. I mean, yeah. um, they're going to move to a different direction.
1: I, I, I believe so. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's out there. Who's been yeah, I was going to mention him. Uh, you know, uh, I did Chad Henney do enough to
0: no. get him an
1: audition? Come on. I don't want him but people are quarterback desperate.
0: Yeah. So I guess uh, here's my question. What's Sam Darnold worth?
1: Less than Matthew Stafford and more than Carson Wentz.
0: I I, I think he's still got more. I'm really down on
1: Wentz. I mean, I really.
0: He's fallen quite a bit, hasn't he?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I almost want to give Sam Darnold a pass yeah. because of the Adam Gase factor.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: He's he may be the worst coach in the last two decades. Uh as far as it, it seems like it seems like he he uh pretty much rebuilt the Dolphins by being so bad. And now the Jets are sitting there and I, I, I really I think that I I still think there's so much draft equity at that pick. I still think keeping Donald and trading the pick is the right thing to do. That move could, Chappie, if I tell you now, uh, in 2026, the Jets win a Super Bowl because they traded the number one pick or number two pick and kept Sam Donald. Uh, And then I've built a scenario where they build that roster with the picks that they get from that second pick.
0: They Herschel Walker it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the same. That's exactly where I was headed. Yeah. Exactly. And what are you going to get from the number two pick? A lot. A lot.
0: With the quarterbacks in this draft, a lot. And the teams that need it. No, I'm with you. And I'll tell you, I don't know if it's worth it. Because uh, aside from Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> we were talking about Lawrence Taylor the other night on your show. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we got back into him tonight, too, after we went. down
0: <laughs> So aside from Trevor Lawrence, I don't know that that second pick, I feel like there's a drop-off there, don't you? I feel like the answer near
1: as clear. Uh, well said. I I, I think – I think Justin Wilson could be great. I also think Justin Wilson could be a bust. I think Zach Wilson could be great. I also think he could be a bust. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Here's how me and my buddy explained it. We were having this conversation. Trevor Lawrence has the most, does not have the most upside. He has a huge upside, but maybe Justin Fields has even more of an upside. Yeah. But that floor between Justin Fields uh, and, and Trevor Lawrence is way, way different. And with Trevor Lawrence, I think the worst you get is a mid-pack serviceable quarterback in the NFL. Right. Kirk Cousins, worst. Right. the worst situation. With Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, I almost feel more comfortable that the floor is higher with the next group, the Mac Jones and the yeah. Kyle Trask. I love Mac Jones. Yeah, I know you do. I do.
0: I, you've, 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 I've, I've drank that Kool-Aid Randall. I, I,
1: if I was, if I was, if I wanted to take a quarterback, I think I would take, I would either want Lawrence at one or Mac Jones is a, a mid one. I, I think the Patriots and Mac Jones just, it would be perfect. So, I hate it. Yeah. Uh, me too, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, how could you be worse in my mind than a patriot and a Alabama graduate?
0: No, yeah, like, yeah, yes.
1: it's, it's a bad combination. <laughs> uh, I, and I'm also interested, and in, in, to see what the Bengals are going to do at that pick three to help your guy out. Yeah, uh, yeah, you've got to get him some help, either protect him or. Or get him on target, and if you don't protect him with one, you better protect him with two, or three, and maybe more.
0: Cincinnati has forty-five million dollars to spend.
1: They need to go get somebody to protect the kid.
0: Yeah, you yeah. need to. You needed to get an established offensive lineman, and you need to draft another. Yes. Wide receiver.
1: The, yeah, the kid from over uh, LSU. Tackle, yeah. The left tackle from the Ravens is available. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, there's some high-end tackles that they could go get. Yeah. And get him get him his own running mate. Get him Jamar Chase. Give him, yeah.
0: Give him something. There's and familiarity he's got, there. He's got some pieces, but he still needs more. Absolutely. So, I, mean, I was one pick away from getting T. Higgins.
1: Oh, God.
0: I uh, Yeah, so just real quick, and then we can move on. So third was Matt Stafford. I then came back in the fourth with Keenan Allen as my wide receiver one. Fifth, I had James Robinson. We've talked about him. And the sixth, I got Amari Cooper.
1: I really like your running backs for where you picked them up.
0: Yeah. The
1: value uh, – if you tell me you got your running backs one round earlier – you could almost make a scenario that your quarterbacks and your running backs can be flipped and flopped. Yeah. Uh, you've probably got first round value out of your first two picks and you've probably got second or third round value out of your third and fourth pick. Uh, it's hard for me. I definitely, I will definitely say I think Stafford's a second round pick. Right. I would probably move Keenan Allen up to a third round pick. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, He's the mister uh, – people just forget about him. All I know they do. Balls. Just forget about him. Yeah. Got, got a pretty good little quarterback out there himself.
0: You're darn right you do. So, uh, I uh, and I think the coaching match is great. I think that's going to be great for him. Uh, you know? Yep. I, I like the Amari Cooper pick. Uh, and, and I say that because – so just for perspective, and I'm not talking smack on this guy, CeeDee Lamb went in the third round. I got Cooper in a sixth. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. Well, it's everybody's new toy versus everybody's little bit of older toy. Right. Uh, right. and Cooper Cooper's a great wide receiver. It's going to have a great. Yeah. But uh, over the next five years, I'll take a Maury Cooper versus C.D. Lamb.
0: Yeah. No, uh, I, I totally agree. So you feel like, it? you know, just high level. I'm good with Keenan Allen and Mark Cooper.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good with Robinson and cook.
1: I love your running backs, man.
0: Yeah. You know, again, this is fun. I know I I'm I'm working with some pretty talented guys here. So, you know, this is this really just I wasn't expecting to get into this, Randall. But it's one of those situations when you get matched up in a in a in a four-money league where it's on league safe and you're going up against podcasters and people that know what they're doing and it's a different format. How do you pass it up?
1: You don't. And you know what? And that's I have a home league that is the most frustrating home league. It's the only league I play in this year. And I play with a bunch of guys and I love them to death. And they are high novice. Yeah. Players. Yeah. I can't beat them. I cannot beat them, and it's never, <laughs> it's never a logic to it that all of a sudden uh, the guy this year that won the league loaded up on the Buffalo Bills, and I was just like, hey. "Hey, okay, if you think you can do it, next thing I look around, and he's won the league three of the last four years. How can I criticize him? Yeah, it makes no sense to me what he does, but it works every year. So, uh.
0: It- you know the, the thing to me is, and, and you know me fairly well now, good friends for a couple years. This time of year, what am I talking about? Baseball. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of got me thinking. In a cut, you know, I, I'm able to multitask, but it's got it's got me in a couple different silos, and I think it's really neat because what it's like I said earlier, it's it's a recency bias bias, right? You you, right. you actually remember these players. Um, a lot a lot more uh, you know it's it's a lot more recent than say when you do it in august right so it's been neat it's been neat
1: yeah it's uh, the the that's an interesting draft uh i'll, I'll send you something offline i don't want to talk online okay I may be watching
0: <laughs> so so i, I did want to gosh i did want to talk a little bit about about one guy and it's 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 off of the super bowl right and i i know you wanted to talk about Peyton. i know that's really cool for you so why, why don't you why don't you talk about your so t- tell me about Peyton manning
1: well you know i did ask you for a minute and i, I just want to go into it just a little bit uh i don't know if you got to see the video i posted on the yeah you know, it was a really cool video. You know, and, and for me, I, 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 I'm going to give you, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. I'm a, I'm a graduate of the University of Tennessee. Uh, I love my sports. But in your lifetime, every guy should have their one hero. You know, and and, and I don't make Peyton Manning my hero by what he does on, off the field. Uh, Tim Tebow is a much better man than, Peyton Manning, but he was the guy for me. I, I saw him play his first college game in 1994. I was at UCLA. He played one step or one, uh, one series. And I criticized, I was like, we had signed the number one and two quarterbacks in the nation that year. And the one guy I didn't want to play was Peyton Manning. And they put him into the game. I was like, you know, here you, you just see this kid's dad's Archie Manning and, We've just signed Brandon Stewart, who was uh, a five-star. Uh, and he just looks so much more mobile than Peyton Manning. He is just, you know, would he be here if he wasn't Archie's kid? That was my point of right. view. Four weeks later, I saw him throw an out pass against Mississippi State, and I looked at my friend. I go, "That kid might be our future." That might, and I was lucky enough. He played. I think it was fifty-four games at Tennessee. I saw fifty-two of them, and then when he goes to Indy, which is a nice, easy drive from here in Chattanooga, right? We started picking up tickets, and we would go four and five times a game a year. He just became my guy, man, and it was so emotional for me, Chappie. It was, you know, my buddy uh, who, who died a couple of years ago loved Thurman Munson, and he thought he talked about Thurman Munson in a way that I've never talked about another man, another sports hero. So, uh, two or three years into the Peyton's career, he goes, Peyton Manning's your Thurman Munson. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, <laughs> that, that's always going to be your dude. I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, if you go to Indy right now and you know, this living there.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I drop past it every day.
1: Uh, there's a beautiful little children's hospital named for Peyton Manning. And, uh, He's done a lot for the indie community. Matter of fact, I think he calls that home now in his head and will forever. Uh, and I promised my daughter, my daughter named Annalie Peyton is our middle name.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, she never got to see Peyton play live because she went to Indy with us a bunch, but he moved on to Denver and she was two or three years old, and we didn't make that trip with her but I promised her that the day Peyton Manning goes into the hall of fame, we're going. So I knew he was getting into the hall of fame. I knew it was something special. Uh, so her and I kind got, of got, got, got to share something. So, uh, I got online, I booked my tickets. Uh, I've never been to the hall of fame ceremony. My, That's awesome. My, my daughter's 10. And uh, she's already picking out what she's wearing.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, is she going to wear her Peyton Manning Tennessee jersey, her Colts jersey? Right now, she's leaning to the Broncos jersey. And we booked her trip up there and we both were just so emotional. And, you know, it's what, it's. we've not seen a lot of good out of sports at times. Um, but, no matter if you won 50 Super Bowls or five Super Bowls, that was my guy. That was the dude I traveled with. You know, I, I went from, and this is literally the truth, I went from LA to Boston to see Peyton Manning played football. And, uh, wow. I, uh, I will, uh, I'll probably take a lot of video come August. Sure. My, my, I think the way it works out, I might even do my, I might even do my different angle from Canton. So, uh, we are definitely. That'd be getting, so
0: cool, man. That'd, that'd be, be a lot of fun.
1: Definitely. So excited. And we're just hoping the COVID doesn't worsen. Right. Um, uh, but I, am. uh.
0: That's a ways off, right? I mean. Yeah. It's, it's I, a
1: ways. Uh, I, 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 uh, the fact I shared it with my daughter, we, we, Shared something special. I'll never, I'll never forget that. Hey, we're 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 going, we're going to Canton and we're going to watch Peyton Manning going to Hall of Fame.
0: No, that's cool. I know what you guys have been through, so I I know that's uh that's really special for you. So oh, I'm, kudos to you guys, man.
1: Yeah, hey, really it, happy it, for you. It, hey, it'd be nice to be sitting up there in Canton to do a little uh, different angle on that Thursday before the Hall of Fame induction.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I that I. That would be so cool. That would be really cool to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've am uh, swore I won't go back to the Baseball Hall of Fame until uh, Pete Rose is in. Oh, I
0: knew you were going to say that.
1: I may never get to go back.
0: <laughs> you won't.
1: <laughs> and I swore I wouldn't go to the NFL Hall of Fame. I, I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame, but I've never been to Canton. So, uh, I'm really excited. Really, really excited. And uh, uh, it, it's something special special for my family.
0: Well, you know, it's something that you always have. Yeah. It's something that you will always remember. So, good good for you, man. I mean, that that's really cool. Um I will tell you, you know, of course I remember as a Steeler fan the uh, the AFC championship um and, and and you know, just for me with Peyton it was it was always about um poise. Yeah. And decision making, yeah, and, and and there's a guy who you know totally did it with class. I'll tell you, um, my wife loves Peyton Manning. That's yeah. that, that's her favorite player. And you know, living here in town, I drive past the statue every day.
1: Yeah, hey, everybody, and, and you never know what's going to happen. For me, I was I was thirty two years old when I saw Peyton Manning play football the first time. Yeah, but as soon as I saw him play. About a month later, he was like, oh, that's my dude. Yeah. And and it's not been pretty. I mean, losing the Heisman to Charles Woodson was a heartbreaking because my school has never won a Heisman. Right. I mean, even though the national championship that year, we lost to Florida, you were like, Peyton Manning is going to win the Heisman. And I mean, I bet you they sold 7 million Peyton Manning Heisman hats Uh, As soon as it was announced, I burned mine in the backyard. I was so angry. Uh, (laughs) Couldn't beat Brady. He ran into this generation's greatest quarterback.
0: A lot of people Uh, had that problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, got to four Super Bowls, got really embarrassed in one, Uh, had one of the better stories of the Super Bowl at one point. too. I think his last Super Bowl win is about as good of a way to go out as you can go out.
0: Absolutely, and not many people get to do that.
1: Yeah, you know, that's uh, that was my spill. I just wanted to get out and I wanted to share with everybody our plans. And-
0: so, so, you know, one other thing, Peyton Manning's a pretty big philanthropist yourself. You said he's no man, nowhere near man, the man, the, the man, Tebow is. Um, you know, there's a children's hospital in this town yeah. oh, he's that done a lot. you know, he, he's done a lot of good things. So, yep. you know, just gonna- you know, he, being here in town, his, his impact is um. He has a big impact.
1: Yeah, he does. I, the only reason I use Tebow was because I know he's built like multiple hospitals overseas.
0: So <laughs> it's hard. So, to,
1: you know, that kid builds a hospital every time he gets a chance. But Yeah, yeah. So in, in this town, uh, he lived in Chattanooga for a while. Okay. And I even uh, was at a D1 gym and when he was coming back from his neck surgery, he was working out five foot from me. And, and Chappie, just out of respect, I didn't bother him.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's...
1: It was like, he's here to do work. It's right. not like he's here to... Right. He's trying to get ready. He's trying to come back from a neck surgery.
0: No, that's awesome.
1: And I watched him throw that day, and I left, and I cried. Yeah. Because I didn't think he'd ever play again. Yeah. So. Hey,
0: um, so I got some breaking news. All right. Uh, Trey was just made in my fantasy football league. It is my pick.
1: Oh, let's go
0: with it. I want to. I want to just talk a little analysis here, and just kind of, you know, um, discuss kind of my mindset on some of these players that are available. Uh, you know, first off, so like you said, um, we are at rookie pick number seven. You said you had eight rookies. Yes without divulging who that is because there's no way to know if that eighth person is truly going to be available or not. Would a a prospective eighth round pick sway you away from any – or eighth pick in a rookie draft, rather, sway you away from any of these guys that I'm considering? Okay. So, uh, again, given that it's a super flex league and I'm sitting on Joe Burrow, who I know is recovering from – um, a pretty significant injury. Yes. And I got Matt Stafford, who I'm quite confident in. Yes. Do you take a chance on a guy like Sam Darnold, on a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, or a guy like Tom Brady? Do you like any of those guys?
1: I do. I like. I. I actually would probably kick myself in the ankle for saying this. I like Darnold.
0: Yeah. I yeah. really
1: think he's a bounce back candidate. Okay. Uh, and according to the way the f- rookie draft falls, the they are f- in my head, and I'm not divulging names. They are four quarterbacks that I think is already off the board. Right. Uh, there's probably two receivers off the board. And
0: Any running backs? One, uh, Any running backs?
1: I would think one. Okay. And then that's where I debate: are they are they one more running back? Are they one more skill position player out there that's worth it?
0: That emerges late, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. It's close for me right now, and and I would. I think we've we've discussed this guy in this draft for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I think that would be yeah. the one that would most likely tempt me to go past quarterback at this point. But Okay.
0: So you so you so you like the one guy that will not be mentioned yes. over Sam Darnold <laughs> at this point yes. as the leading quarterback candidate. Yes. Okay. So let's let's go through some running back options. I got Kenyon Drake, who's a free agent. We don't know where he's going to sign. You got Ronald Jones. You got Melvin Gordon. You got James Conner, who's also a free agent. You don't know where he's going to sign. And you have Raheem Mostert. <clears throat> Who intrigues you there? Is there one or two guys that you single out above others?
1: Mostert is a clear tier to me. Everybody above else,
0: those guys.
1: Yeah. And, and I think uh, if the couple in the contracts wouldn't kinda of sitting out there undone. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would be tempted to bring James Conner up to that level too. But knowing not knowing where he's gonna be, it bothers right. me. Yes. So is King on Drake. And I think yes. it would be Conner over Drake in my opinion. Um uh, Melvin Gordon scares me. Yeah. Uh I rode him this year, but he scares me. Yeah. It seems like an old twenty nine to me. Of course, I said that about Frank Gore a decade ago. (laughs)
0: Well, What do you think about Ronald Jones? Uh,
1: I I think I was a year early, and this will probably be the year we get the Ronald Jones I expected this year. Um, Which is? Which is a – I expected a 1,000-yard rusher this year out of Ronald Jones. Right. Uh, And I think at times – Tampa committed to Ronald Jones. <laughs> it's just easy to give the football to Fernette. Furnett's a guaranteed four or five yards. Where I compared it on air one day to Fernette is is uh, the old school, five yards in a cloud of dust, versus Jones is really the complete back that we see in the NFL a lot of places right now. And, Jeffy, I may be wrong, but I still believe he's only 24 or 25 years old. Uh, he came out. And he was the youngest player yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, he, he intrigues me, but I still think Moster has the most upside of that group.
0: So, interesting enough, his ADP is 107. He is like the fifth or sixth back on this list.
1: Most ADPs are, are weird. Yeah.
0: So, so Moster's your lead back in this group.
1: Yeah, I, to me it seems like that's the most secure job in the NFL for of the group you just talked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I kind of widened Tevin Coleman off, but it seemed like Moster is the guy they wanted to have that job last year.
0: Yeah, he just couldn't couldn't keep it for more than a week or two, right? Yeah, through unfortunate circumstances that yeah. he, were out of his control. Yeah. Okay, so. Mostert versus the unnamed player that we won't mention.
1: The unnamed player.
0: Okay. So we're on the unnamed player for the quarterback and for the running back.
1: So far, yes.
0: So we're at the rookie at this point. Yeah. So let's talk about receivers. This this is a little bit. and, And so mind you, I've got both of my quarterbacks. I've got both of my running backs. I've got two of my three receivers. I have a tight end to fill. I have two flexes to fill.
1: Hey, I also would add, I think I have Darnold over
0: Moster. I don't think we just. Good point. Good point. Okay. Wow. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. So let's talk about receivers. Okay. I, I'll just go down the list. First guy on this list, Chase Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster, Julio Jones, Cup of Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Robert Woods, Michael Pittman. I'll stop there. Wow. There's a lot, right? Yeah. There's more
1: depth there than the other two positions. Uh... There's also a tear, Blake, I think, there with Pittman and Claypool in my head.
0: Yeah. Uh, are, are, are those guys um, Justin Jefferson-esque? Yes. Uh,
1: and, and why Claypool got it done last year with a limited number of touches. <laughs> I think Claypool really was a year early. Uh I think Juju won't be there. I don't not trust... Where, I know. I don't trust where he's going. Um, so, Claypool has a clearer path to multiple touches. Pittman, who's quarterback? That's the only thing that bothers me. Julio, gotta love him. And he needs to stay in Atlanta. He's 32. Not in the dynasty, though, right? You no, know, not in a dynasty. And... Uh, there was one more you mentioned cup of Cooper, cup of Cooper. Uh, well, wow, just a little early for him. I mean, yeah. just a little early. I mean, it's a PPR. I assume. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love those guys in PPR leagues. I love the 104 catches for 850 yards and five touchdown guys. Um, uh, Am I wrong to say that Claypool and Pittman may be the biggest? And both of them are second-year players. Right. Uh, Best talent, best talent available. Let's go with it that way. Right. Best talent in the NFL.
0: From a dynasty perspective, right? Yeah. If this were a redraft scenario, it might be different. Yeah it probably would be different. Yeah. But in but, a dynasty scenario. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to think of much upside, much more upside than, than, than Chase Claypool.
1: Yeah. And the thing about the player that won't be mentioned now, you don't have any guarantee. He's going to be there at eight. Right. There is a still, I think the player that I label eight, I think this is about the place for him. Right. Uh, but that is definitely the player that shall go nameless is not my eighth player, but I think he may go off eight.
0: Right, I, um, I you know I agree.
1: Yeah, and um, if you could guarantee the player that will go nameless versus right. Claypool,
0: right? Boy, that's a
1: tough one, right? It there. is, right?
0: <laughs> well, the other thing you don't know where he's going. Yeah, and, and to me, that's what slants, you know um, slants the deck in the other direction.
1: So let me ask you a question, going back yeah. to you. What if I was gonna give you uh, what's Claypool's stat line in oh. 21?
0: Um yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a uh, there's a lot of variables there, right?
1: All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you it a different way. Over or under 70
0: catches? Let me ask you this. Is Ben there or is Ben not there? Ben is there. Over.
1: Yeah. And you would go under if Ben is not
0: there. Yeah. I yeah, Not by much. I mean, I think either way, he's a focal point of that offense. Uh, and I, I don't see a scenario where the Steelers cut Ben and don't bring someone in.
1: Uh, um, yeah, me too.
0: A, a guy yeah. like Darla to me makes a lot of sense for the Steelers. I don't know that it will happen of all the scenarios. You know, you'd love to see them take um, Watson, but there's no way in hell that's going to happen. Right. Um, you know, a, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. I They have, you know, it, Ben's willing to, to restructure his, his contract. Um, I feel like they bring him back and I, I really do feel like um, they get another. Player who's able to get off bump and run coverage to yeah. go beside him. And that goes a long way in making that offense hole again. More so than a running back.
1: And uh let's let's throw this out here too. And it's your pick, so I'm not breaking anything. Nobody knows. When you play fantasy football, there's part of you wants
0: your guy. Of course. I, you I, want the I, right guy though.
1: Yeah. And that, you don't want to reach for somebody. But to me, a Pittsburgh guy sitting there with a Pittsburgh yes. guy number one on the board. Yeah. It's hard for me to tell you not to draft. I, I I if I could if you tell me player that shall be named versus Claypool, I take player that shall be nameless. With the risk of player right. that shall be nameless, I take
0: Claypool. Yeah. So so let me ask one more question. I'm with you. You draft Claypool here. Assuming no other rookies get taken, I come back in, I don't know, it's like eleven picks. Do you take that rookie pick yeah. and throw the card, throw the dice? Yeah, because
1: even if it's number eight, I think it's worth it at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because your guy I have my starting lineup filled out. Yeah. I just need a tight end. Yep. And if you're not getting Kelsey or Kittle or Waller, the rest is a crapshoot.
1: Yep. So I think I take Claypool, and then I think I throw a stake in the ground the next round either way, just in case somebody slips.
0: Because you four, know they will.
1: And the worst case scenario, too, there, I said four quarterbacks. There's probably going to be five first-round quarterbacks. So the worst case you come out of this draft with, if you throw a stake in the ground, is a quarterback that's not a starter that will be a starter down the road.
0: Which right quarterback? Yeah, right. That's the thing when you're taking a when you put your stake in the ground, you're basically saying, "I I can scout talent better than you can."
1: Yeah, uh, my next tier though. Probably, uh, you know, and I think we can pretty well figure out my tier uh, has uh, probably another two quarterbacks in it. it. And then it probably has another uh, four uh, skill position players. Yeah. And, and I don't think you can lose if you get quarterback five or six or skill position player eight, nine, Right. Again, at this point in the game. Right. Because let's face it, um
0: it's harder work though.
1: Yeah. It, this quarterback class is super deep. And I don't totally think, I don't think anybody's got a, a, a card held on that table
0: to take two quarterbacks. It it it's it's all personal preference after Lawrence. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So Again, I say I say it and and he won't, you know, my two my, if I'm rating quarterback, <laughs> it's Lawrence Jones, Fields, yeah. uh, Lance Wilson, Trask, and that's way opposite than everybody else,
0: yeah. I, I mean, and I, like, I, I put Fields over Jones,
1: yeah. And, and you know, I there's, but
0: aside from that, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm not as big a fan of Kyle Trask as you are,
1: uh, I, you know, Trask is the one guy I feel like. If you end up with him, you got to be willing to wait multiple years. You better have
0: some talent around him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you need him to wait. Yeah, you need to. You need to be able to. Uh, does it shock you if Trask ends up someplace like Dallas as their developmental quarterback?
0: Uh, no, not at all. So, I think that'd be a perfect fit for them.
1: So, uh I think wide receiver goes four deep, instant starter.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Oh. Well man it's been fun. I you got any okay. parting shots you want to say or
1: right, uh well we didn't get into it but next week I, I will talk about the Braves uh huge signing. Uh Yeah. Uh, I still don't think they got far enough down the road, Jabby. Still no. think we, I still think they're not done yet. Trade.
0: Yeah, they're not done uh-huh. yet, and I didn't talk about Antonio Brown. I, you know, I wanted to kind of pay a little tribute to him too. So yeah. this was cool, though. I'm really glad these guys. I made a trade to to move up and be able to pick again. This is a slow draft, so you know, I'll pick maybe once a day. It was really cool of of the guys to let me do that. Um, it, it's been a fun experience, and I thought it was cool to bring it on air and kind of talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So. Um, you know, and, and again, next week we'll do a little Antonio Brown. We'll talk about the Braves. You know, I'll have my uh, my, my complete corner infield list out, so we could talk a little bit about that. Maybe some of your thoughts on that. Get some of your take. I'm always interested to hear what you, what you have to say about those guys. Um, you know, talk a little about Nolan Arenado tonight. Really, um, a little higher than him on than on him than maybe some others are. Um the, the after course field experience is pretty interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, – I've been thinking about that
0: too. So we'll see how it goes, you know. But, yeah. you know, it, it flies by. I enjoy doing this with you. Enjoy we'll, it, Chappie. We'll do it again next Thursday. All right, brother. The other angle, Thursday nights at 10. Chappie's Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Randall, what do you got?
1: I've got the D. Swain Filo show uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. From six thirty to to whenever we shut up on the <laughs> on the page name the same. Tomorrow night I have UFC preview night. Uh, and I need to get with you. I'll get with you tomorrow at some point. Your
0: debut on Draft for Upside, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's a, uh, it's definitely we're gonna do it on. We're uh, my boy Andrew Howard will be here, and I'm anxious for everybody to get to hear him. One of the most knowledgeable. He's the Chappy of UFC. <laughs>
0: We has gotta be awesome then. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so tomorrow night, what time?
1: It, we will be on the air. It'll probably be. This guy is a pharmacist, so we have to play it a little by ear. We try to get on right at eight, but sometimes okay. it's a little later.
0: Okay. So tomorrow night, to eight-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. You
1: know, you know, these people—they <laughs> think they're saving lives and stuff like that it gives them excuse to be 15 20 minutes
0: late. Hey, um, it's a, it's a, it's a tough line of work, but you know, we do it. Uh, thank we do you
1: it. for everybody that does do it too. Yeah.
0: I you know, it, it's funny. I, I work at a pharmaceutical company, so we make life-saving drugs every day.
1: Yeah. But yeah. It, it's boy. a job
0: and, and we take it seriously and, you know, this is fun, this my takes boy. the edge off, right?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. And Andrew is uh, truly one of my heroes in life that What he does is important.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys make sure to check that out. Enjoy doing this, RC. Let's do it next Thursday, okay? Sounds good. All right, man. Take care, guys. Tell me when we're clear.